This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. Well, everyone, the trade deadline is over and the Blues did not really make a splash. A lot of fans were hoping for Mike Hoffman. A lot of fans were hoping for Max Pacioretty. Some fans were even hoping for the very troubled Evander Kane. Myself personally, I did not want Evander Kane. Not even if they could have got him for a third round pick. I'm just not big on the guy. Pacioretty, I'd have preferred he'd have been the one they got over all of them. But the asking price for Pacioretty was way, way too high. From my understanding... The Canadians were asking for two number one picks, two Blues existing players, and a top prospect. They also threw it back at the Blues for two top prospects, one player, and one draft pick. I wouldn't have given up for that. No way. So I'm glad the Blues didn't mortgage a future. Would I have wanted them to get somebody to help them for this year and next year too? Yeah, I think that would have been good. But I'm not too upset about it. You know, I wouldn't have been upset either if they had given up one top prospect to get a very good player. But I'm not about to mortgage the future if I don't have to. And I think what this tells us is one of two things. Either the Blues think they can come back and make the playoffs this year with what they have. Or it tells us that the Blues think their chances of making the playoffs aren't great. Even if they'd have made a trade. So it may tell us a combination of both of those things. Uh, I'm just happy they didn't get rid of a bunch of guys for a guy that's questionable. For a guy that really can't help you get to that next level, but can solidify your team. I'm just glad that's the decision that was made. Now, one decision that was made that a lot of people didn't see that I had kind of brought out in my last podcast that, that maybe the Blues are looking to move somebody. Somebody that's maybe got a contract that's about to expire. Somebody whose contract expires next year. Somebody who's not played well that may be able to offer another team a fourth-line player, third-line player, something like that. Well, they did make a move, and it was to move uh, St. Louis and Paul Stasny to the Winnipeg Jets. In return, Winnipeg got a good center. Not a great center, but he solidifies it, Winnipeg now. And Winnipeg, in all honesty, has four very good lines now. That's the difference between the good teams and the average teams. Stasny adds some depth as center. He's probably going to play their third-line center, I would imagine. And um, it gives him a player that knows where to be on the ice. They can give you a few goals. A lot of experience is very uh, cerebral when it comes to the game. Knows a lot of what's going on the ice. Some people have compared him and said that he's more of like having a coach on the ice. And there's a lot of young players on the Jets team. And I think that's going to help the Jets. In return, the Blues got a first round pick in 2018, which they didn't have because they gave it to Philadelphia 
in that Braden Shin trade. So now they got a first-round pick in this year's draft, a conditional fourth-round pick based on a couple different things, and a prospect from Providence in Eric Foley. He's a forward, six-foot-tall, 185-pound guy. Uh, he calls himself a power forward, but you know he may be that in, co- in college. But man, I'll tell you what, six foot and 185 pound. That's a little too small for in my mind to be a what's called a power forward in the NHL. Is he a guy that could still go to the net, move some people around, uh, get those nasty goals? Yeah, he probably can. But uh, don't know a lot about him, seen very little film on him. He played with uh, Tate Thompson in the 2017 World Junior Championships for the United States. Got a gold medal. Tage knows a little bit about him, said he's a good guy uh, to have on the team, a hard-nosed player. So that, that's nice. I don't think it's a huge deal for the Blues. Um, Stasny, I'm sure, had mixed emotions. And uh, let's go ahead and hear about uh, his first interview after he was traded to the Jets. Paul, just your reaction and uh, leaving where you've been here for four years now and heading off to Winnipeg. Yeah, I think it's it's tough. It's been emotional. Um, a lot going on in my head for the last, I don't know, 20 hours or whatever. Uh, you know, lots of pros and, you know, lots of pros, lots of cons, kind of think of all that. But I think, uh, you know, it's tough leaving these guys. You know, I'm, I'm, some of the closest guys I've ever been with. But, you know, I'm excited for to go somewhere that, you know, when when I look on paper, when I look playing against them, I know how, you know, how quality of a team they have. And, um, you know, I think I knew to, to, you know, help them get even better and, you know, maybe be that piece to, for a long extended run and, you know, play more hockey for me, I think, is, is, is a big factor. And it's, it's uh, it made the decision maybe a little easier. When did they come to you about waving it, and were you surprised that they did? Uh, I wasn't surprised. I just, you know, like I said, I think I've always been brought up to not expect anything. So whether you have one of those or whether they tell you you're an untouchable, I think you never know what had happened this season. So, you know, in the back of my mind, I think when you start losing, you're like, well, it might become a possibility. And, um, you know, sometimes you got to do what's, what's best for you and the family, and, and they have to do what's best for them. And I think when we're losing a little bit, then the, the possibility came up. But uh, you know, I think with the situation we're in, it, it wasn't, you know, there's maybe only a few teams that, I, you know, I would have really taken serious consideration, you know, and I had no idea that, you know, one of those teams would be interested. Well, is there still an element of surprise, though, considering the fact that you guys are still, like, right there on the cusp of a wild card, though? Yeah, yeah, no, and like I said, I think no for me because I've been around this league. I know how it works. I, you know, you're you're never... You can't be naive to the situation. I think no matter what, and then, you know, when you have a, you know, I'm, you know, in the last year of my contract, so, you know, obviously always plays a factor, and and, you know, obviously always keep all the doors open for for what might happen this summer. But, um, having been around and have been been around talking to guys, have been around it, you know, I come to expect, you know, anything could happen. So I wasn't really blindsided by it, but I think it's uh, it's a lot going on. I think it's 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 very emotional. It's, for, for my family and I, and uh, you know, I think missing the guys is going to be going to be the hardest part. But um, like I said, having said that, I'm also excited for the new challenge, and and I know a few of the guys on the team, and, and I've heard nothing but good things from guys that have played there, whether recently or in the past, or guys that know, you know, or know certain guys on that team. That emotion too, does it play into the fact that you know, four years ago, you got a chance to come back home where you grew up and whatnot? Is that all playing? Yeah. Into it? Oh, absolutely. I think it's just like my phone's just been going crazy and 
you know, a lot of media requests, obviously, you know, you get that out of the way, but, but a lot of friends, a lot of, a lot of St. Louis people. And, and that's a, that's always emotional. And it's crazy how fast that, that four years has gone by. And, um, you know, I just, it's one of those things that in, in, in 10, 15 years, you know, you don't want to have any regrets. So it's just, it's something that's part of the business and, you know, I just going to go in there and enjoy it. I really hope Paul Stasny does enjoy it. He deserves, he deserves a chance to be with a good team right now. Didn't play great this year. I don't think he's lived up to his expectations, but he's been a good player, not a great player. He's added leadership, some timely goals. Can be a little bit of a disturber, get on people's nerves. We wish him well and hope everything works out for him in Winnipeg. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach Mike and his thoughts about that, and then I'll kind of summarize what I think about his interview here with the departure of uh, Paul Stasny. Well, we welcome everybody into our team hotel here in St. Paul, the St. Louis Blues, tomorrow night getting set to face off against the Minnesota Wild. And the trade deadline has come and passed. The St. Louis Blues made one trade, as you heard throughout the day, and, of course, also heard on our live broadcast with John Kelly and Doug Armstrong the trade of Paul Stastny to the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, that was pretty much it for the St. Louis Blues today. We're joined by the Blues head coach, Mike Yo, and, Mike, you've been a part of these trade deadlines now for quite a long time. Before we talk about the impact of today's move, can you give us an idea of what it is like as a coach and a player and just the anxiety of a day like today? Well, and it's not just a day. It's uh, it's It's been leading up to this for a little while. Um, certainly no excuses on our part, but I know that this has been uh, this day has been weighing pretty heavily on, on a lot of players' minds. Um, and, uh, and obviously, uh, certainly a lot of mixed emotions inside of our locker room, um, you know, from different players and whether it's friends or whether it's young players, uh, it, it impacts everybody differently. Uh, but, but that said, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult thing and it's, uh, it's something that now I think that we're happy we can say, this is our group, now let's go. But what have you learned over the years about how to manage through that week, maybe two weeks leading up, whether it be a team that is trending one way, a team trending another way, it's it's always kind of in the back of everybody's head. I was going to say, I, apparently I haven't learned enough because we're on a six-game losing streak here. So um, I'm just glad I'm glad it's over, like I said. And, uh, um, you know, it, it's uh, – you know, it's 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 tough because these guys they they go to war with a guy like Stas. They they're obviously very close with them, both uh, you know as teammates. But you know, when you talk about a guy like Steiner and how how important his relationship with Stas is, um, this is a part, tough part of the business. You you think about how it impacts a guy like Stas, uh, but at the end, you in, at the end of the day, you remember that that we were professionals, and um, you know he's get to he gets to go and have a good opportunity, and and we have a job to do. So you know, as as of tomorrow, it's a day off for the players I've already spoke to a few of the players uh, and I think everybody's ready to move on I think we're ready to move forward well that job to do as you mentioned begins tomorrow against the Minnesota Wild you go into that game really just one win outside of a playoff spot as well so there is still a heck of a lot at stake and great opportunity well, you know, I, the way I see it um, for the first time in a long time, I think that we finally have nothing to lose. I feel like we've been playing um, not to lose in certain situations. We've been, uh, you know, whether it's a lack of goal scoring, we have some people that are trying to do too much, and then we have other people that are playing with that kind of fear. And we can't, you know, it's leaving us into, you know, in between. It's leaving us play playing as individuals. And um, so now we have nothing to lose, uh, you know, as far as just getting back to our team game, uh, getting after it. And, and I would say that we're in a similar place that, that 
we were last year after uh, after the trade deadline after Shaddy got traded um, you know obviously uh, if you look back at that time uh, even Stas got hurt shortly after that um, so we've got players that can do the job and now we have to prove it. Doug Armstrong mentioned in his interview with John Kelly uh, an opportunity maybe for Tage Thompson or other players. And then, of course, he said uh, it's all on the head coach to figure out how he wants to to move them around. Uh, do you look at it ahead and say, okay, Tage Thompson is a player that has played center. Ivan Barbashev uh, last year played some of his best hockey for you at center that you do have some options? Well, I can tell you that we've already started uh, getting to work on, on that and talking with the coaches. Uh, um, I can also tell you that you're going to have to wait until tomorrow to figure out. What I knew that was coming, by the way, but I had to ask. You know yeah, that, right? Of course. <laughs> as, as you go into the locker room then and you say, okay, guys, this is this is the group. Here, here's what at stake. What are the important things for your hockey team going into tomorrow night's game and then building up for uh, the game against Detroit and moving forward? Well, I, I think, you know, for me personally, it's just let's take a stand. Um, but it, it's important that, as far as how we do it. And um, right now, we're you know, guys are trying. Um, you know, the intentions are there, but we're not going about it the right way. And so if, if we're going to get out of this, if we're going to um, do what we all want to do, and that's make the playoffs and be a real competitive team uh, heading into the playoffs, uh, then we need everybody to be really solid in their role, in their jobs. Um, you know, obviously, not one player can go out and win the game himself for us. We, it's a team effort, and we need to make sure that we've got everybody. Um, don't take yourself out of our team game and make sure you bring what we need you to bring. Do days like this and, and, and scenarios like this create another level of uh, personal accountability, maybe? There's no question. I, I think we're all feeling it. I, obviously, um, you know, I would say that if we were on a six-game winning streak as opposed to a six-game losing streak, we, we might be answering some different questions today. So, um, you know, I, obviously, we look at where we're at. Um, we've put ourselves there. You know, we put ourselves there uh, with the start that we had, which you know, the players deserve an awful lot of credit for. Um, you know, in some ways, maybe overachieved a little bit. Uh, and then we had a stretch where we probably underachieved a little bit. Uh, but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the true story of this season is not going to be how we started. It's not going to be the middle part. It's going to be how we finish. Well, we appreciate you giving us some time on, on a day like today. And uh, trade deadlines are always difficult. They, I always tell people uh, on the air, whether it be the weeks of speculation leading up uh, or whatever, you're not potentially moving or acquiring hockey cards. They're actual people and their lives. And, and, and there is a, a real human aspect to today, isn't there? Yeah, there, there, there's no question it is. There's a lot of emotions. And uh, and again, I, I think that everybody is probably just uh, happy that it's over right now. And, and now we're ready for this final push. Thank you, Mike. We'll see you tomorrow. Good luck. Right. Thanks, Kerbs. Well, the Blues have a lot of adjustments to make. And I don't think any of them are really big without Stasny there. I really don't. I really don't. They didn't bring in anybody to add to the team that maybe – will change the chemistry. You may get some chemistry changes if they put Barbashev in at center or if they put uh, Tage Thompson in at center. That may make some changes. This team needs to play confidently. They need to play mistake-free. And they need to be consistent. I know you guys are sick and tired of hearing me say consistent. But that's what they need to be. They were barn burners at the beginning of the year. And now their barn's being burnt. That's the best analogy I can use. So it's time to shut up and play. It's time to be accountable every game. You know, they said in this interview with Mike that now is the time to be accountable. No, you're accountable every shift you go out there. You're accountable every day in practice. You're accountable for what you do. And if you are accountable for yourself, 
then you become accountable to your team. If every player is accountable, the Blues may lose games, but they're not going to lose six in a row. Let's see what happens after this. Let's give the guys a chance. I'm trying not to be negative. I'm doing my best, but with the way they've been playing so often on up and down, no scoring, not giving Jake Allen support, not giving Carter Hutton support, it's been frustrating. Let's go ahead and hear from Doug Armstrong on this trade and how it came about what he talked to Paul Stasny about before he left, about the trade clause Stasny had, and what he sees moving forward with the team. And John Kelly back live here at Scott Trade Center, obviously joined by Blues General Manager Doug Armstrong, who made one move earlier today, sending Paul Stasny to Winnipeg for a first-round draft choice in this year's draft and also young prospect Eric Foley. Doug, first of all, thanks for joining us. Your thoughts on the trade and how it came about today? Yeah, it was a, something, a difficult decision, I think, for, for our organization and for Paul. Uh, something that I broached with him last week, saying that uh, I hope not to get to this point after our game against Nashville. We had two, two big games uh, on uh, Friday and Sunday, and uh, after our, our, our results, I had called Paul and said that there's an opportunity to go to Winnipeg. Uh, would you be interested? He talked to his family. He slept on it, and he and I talked again this morning. And uh, I was certainly comfortable if... Uh, uh, he had a stayed here and, and, and soldiered on with the group, but uh, it gives him an opportunity to go play in Winnipeg. Also gives us an opportunity to continue down the path we're on with our, our younger players and prospects. Uh, I had a lot of phone calls, obviously, on uh, on uh, our four top forward prospects, Costin, Thompson, Thomas, and Kairou, and it was something that we didn't really want to entertain this at this, this point. Uh, uh, where our team is at, and so what we did was add another uh, add another first round pick uh, to this year's draft. Uh, we did spend some time uh, <clears throat> talking to teams about that first round pick, what we could acquire uh, right now, but it just felt that uh, we're, we're better off to either use that as, as a draft uh, at the at in uh, in Dallas at the entry draft or see what's available there. What can you tell us about Eric Foley, who plays at Providence? Yeah, he's, a, he's a player that played in the World Junior Team for uh, for the U.S. Uh, he's a point-of-game player the last two years at uh, at Providence College. A good skating player, um, you know, someone that we think fits into our our, our group. Uh, also, what today's NHL skating is imperative, and this is a, a strong strong skater. I talked to Jake Wallman a little bit about him after the fact, and he he gave him high praise. And uh, so, just another young player to add to that group. Uh, as I said, when we started. Two years ago, making some very hard decisions. We we have to stay consistent with that, and uh, we're we're continuing that path to to build towards what we believe could be a championship team in, in years to come. Doug, you mentioned you took some calls, and you've been at this in a long time um, in war rooms on trade deadline day. Was it a fairly active day in your war room, as far as the number of calls <coughs> you you made or took? Uh, it picked up after the uh, the trade of, of Stastny because we had an asset we were willing to consider moving in a first round pick. Uh, you know. Everyone circled back to, okay, if you move that pick, would you include those players that you said you wouldn't <laughs> include before? And that was a no. So, uh, you know, we were close on a couple of things with that pick, but nothing that uh, that we believe would fit into what we were trying to do. Again, we weren't looking to move a player or a pick for someone for a year or two. Doug, I know a year ago the Blues traded Kevin Shattenkirk, a very popular player, and down the stretch your team went 15-4-2 and made it to the second round. Obviously, you'd like the same kind of results. 
Yeah, it's going to be certainly difficult without Paul. Uh, he's a you know a really good pro and someone that our, our, our players have grown fond of over the last uh, three plus years. But uh, there's a great opportunity now for some some young players, and it's also a great uh, uh, opportunity for these guys to show their true character and step up and and uh, and take charge of this group moving forward. In particular, who might fill Paul's role in the final 20 games or so? Well, I don't, I don't think we have someone uh, that's going to actually just fill that role. It's going to be uh, a, a group effort. I think Tage Thompson's going to get a good look uh, uh, to, to play in that group. I think you know other guys are going to have to slide in the middle. We've had uh, we've had Steen in the middle before. We've had different players in the middle, but that's up to Mike's uh, dis discretion on how he wants to use the players. But uh, there's a there's a heck of a challenge there, and. Uh, uh, you know, we'll see if the guys are up to the task, and, and I, I hope they are. And uh, I know it's a difficult day for them, though. Yeah. Doug, right now, as we know, the Blues are winless in six games, but your club was one of the very best in the league in the first two months. How do you get back to playing that way and get into the playoffs? Uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, we're going to start out. We're gonna, we'll, we have to really tighten up defensively. Uh, you know, we're giving up way too many goals, uh, uh, and I also think giving up way too many quality scoring opportunities. I think our defensemen need to defend again, uh, and and you know, play from our goal line out, uh, support our goaltenders, and then also we have to, uh, you know, our, our top players have to produce offense. And uh, I, I don't think. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a difficult situation, and, and it looks very gloomy right now based on our last two games. But it only takes one great effort, and we have that great effort tomorrow, and we're feeling good about ourselves for Wednesday night. Did Doug Armstrong just say it looks gloomy after the last two games? I think it's looked pretty gloomy for quite a while now. I don't know what team he's been watching. Maybe I'm missing something here. The key I took from that was the Blues aren't looking at what they're going to do right now. They're not even looking for what they're going to do next year. They're not even looking for what they're going to do after that. As he said, they weren't looking to trade a prospect for a guy that's going to help them for a year or two. Well, I don't know what they were willing to do then. Did they want somebody to give up a guy with a very good contract for four or five years? I don't know if that guy's out there. And I don't think a lot of teams are going to move a guy like that who's making four to five million, who's giving you 15 goals a year, 20 goals and is a good member of the team and plays hard night in and night out. You know, he said they didn't want to move prospects, and I understand that in every aspect. I, I really do. But you don't want to rely solely on your prospects. I think we've seen several examples of that within the Blues recently. One of them, Ty Ratty. When they picked Ty Ratty several years ago, can't miss. Ty Ratty's a can't-miss guy. This guy is just a monster. He's going to be a great player for the Blues for years to come can't miss so do the Blues know what they're doing with draft picks it seems that Costin and Kairou and Thompson and and uh, some of these other guys that they've got it seems that they're decent prospects it really does Vince Dunn's look good Sammy Blaze look good but you don't know what these guys are going to be if you've got four or five top prospects and you've got an opportunity to get a guy that can help you for two years and he's a good player, I don't understand why they couldn't have done it. I mean, like I said, I understand why they didn't do it. But in the same thing, I don't understand why they couldn't have done it. Prospects are prospects. Out of the 31 picks in this year's draft, Look 
four or five years down the road and see where they're at. I would be willing to bet you that three to four are good players in the NHL. Eight to 10 probably aren't even in the NHL anymore. And the rest of them are average players. And it may be even worse than that. The draft is a crapshoot. Just by getting a lot of draft picks doesn't mean you're going to be good. And also, when he says he doesn't want somebody to help him for the next year or two, do you know what that tells me? That tells me something that I'm kind of concerned with, that he actually thinks he has a team that's going to be competitive for the Stanley Cup in the next two years. And it also tells me that they're going to rely a lot on this youth movement. He's only got a four-year contract extension. What if the youth doesn't work out? What if, let's say, two years from now, we're looking at this same team? Disappointing. They might make it to the playoffs, lose in the first round, lose badly in the second round. They never make it to a Western Conference final. They never get to a Stanley Cup. They've brought up these young guys, and they've not worked out. Then what do the Blues say again? We're going to start rebuilding with another youth movement. They've tried this before. Remember, guys? John Davidson was here. When they got Berglund, when they uh, picked Petrangelo, when they got um, Oshie and several other guys, these guys were the future. These guys were the bomb. They were going to bring the Blues to a Stanley Cup. The youth movement was on. They're going to integrate these guys, and they're going to be very successful for years to come. It's not really the way it's been. Yeah, they made it to the Western Conference Final. Do you know why they made it to the Western Conference Final that year? Mainly because two veterans and a goaltender. Brian Elliott, David Backus, and Troy Brower. Yeah, Fabry played pretty good that year. He played very good. But those two veterans is, is what helped them. It, you got to have a good mix of young players and veterans who can play. I still question Alex Steen. I don't think he's worth his contract. I really don't. We need these older guys, not necessarily old guys, but older guys to lead this team. And they're not doing it. Why did we sign Tarasenko to that long deal? You're wasting a guy. You're wasting a guy that with the right players around him could get 40, 50 goals every year he plays. Every year. Do you think Ovechkin would be great without certain players around him? Yeah, he'd be a good player. But if you don't have players around you, you're not going to have as good of stats. Like I said, Connor McDavid. You don't have good players around you. You're not going to have the best stats in the world. When the guys were playing well around him last year, Connor McDavid was awesome. He's great this year, but he don't have the players playing around him. And I'm just afraid that what that's what may happen with this team. They've got Tarasenko in the prime of his NHL career. And I'm afraid they may not have the pieces to put around him to build this team into a Stanley Cup contender. If the first round draft picks work out and out of the four or five good players they have, two of them work out to be very good players and help this team and can score 20, 25 goals a year. That's awesome. That's great. This team will be better. But we haven't seen that. We don't know where this team is going in the next couple of years. We don't know what Doug Armstrong is going to pull off this draft or this summer. He could pull off something that would amaze us. Or he could stand pat and really not do anything and rely solely on Blay 
on Kairou, on Costin, on Robert Thomas, on all these players that he's got, hoping that some of them come to fruition. Look at the Winnipeg Jets. Look at how many years they've had a good young team. They've had some good young players, some very good players. Look at how long it's taken them to really put everything together. It's taken them years. Are the Blues fans willing to wait another two, three, four years to be somewhat competitive? I don't think they are. You're still going to have people that go to the games. You're still going to have people like myself that watches every game to go to the games. You're still going to have season ticket holders. You're still going to have people that love the Blues no matter what. But are you going to get that great community support? If every three to five years you tell people, well, we're going to change it. We're going to go this way. We're going to go into youth movement. We're going to rely on our youth. We're not going to give the youth up. Like I said earlier, I'm not saying to give it up. But if you don't give it up, you better, well, damn sure, make sure these guys pan out. And it's a crapshoot. It's going to be an interesting next couple of years with this team. I'm hoping that the young guys do, because if these young guys come in and play like we think they can, and they don't turn into the Tyratties of hockey, this team could be very good. If half of them, or more than half of them, turn into Tyratties, or turn into guys that are fourth-line players that give you 8 to 10 goals a year, maybe a little more, no, wasn't worth holding on to them. Like I said, a crapshoot. You win some, you lose some. Let's hope that these young players do do well and everything works out like the Blues think it's going to. They've got a tough game coming up against the Wild on Tuesday, then another one against the Red Wings. How's this team going to respond to losing a very popular player in the locker room? We'll just have to see. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode of The Drop. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy, stay being a Blues fan, and of course, Let's go blues. This has been the Drop Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, www.droppodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our show and download current and past episodes from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and Google Play. You can follow The Drop on Twitter at OfficialTheDrop. For more information about lineupmedia.fm or The Drop Podcast, email us at info at lineupmediagroup.com, theofficialdrop at gmail.com, or lanced at droppodcast.com. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.